0: Hey guys, welcome to another edition of Happy, Sad, Confused. I am Josh Horowitz. This is my podcast where I talk to cool and interesting people that hopefully you will find as cool and interesting to you. Uh, This week's guest is a fine young actor, a really remarkable talent considering he's so young. He's, I think he's 30. Uh, Paul Dano is my guest this week. He is starring in a excellent, excellent new film called love and mercy, which tells the story of Brian Wilson of the beach boys. Uh, if you don't know, I mean, everybody knows the beach boys, right? Everybody knows some of their songs. Um, and you probably know a little bit about Brian Wilson. You know, that this is a guy that had, had drug problems had mental health issues um and this is kind of a biopic but it's it's really well done it's um Paul and John Cusack actually both play Brian at different parts of uh his life um and it's 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 an intimate story it's a it's a it's a character piece it's got great supporting performances from paul giamatti and elizabeth banks and uh it really gets at um the nature of 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 creating art and inspiration and the damage that people can experience brian wilson has had a tough life for many different reasons um but uh it's it's one of it's one of the special movies so far this year and especially in the summer movie season where um we are dominated by blockbusters it's one definitely worth seeking out check out love and mercy uh and check out this conversation with Paul who you know you know this guy's work whether if you listen to this podcast you probably are a fan because Paul has been in some great movies he's been in there will be blood i mean he was Insanely good in that opposite Daniel Day Lewis. Uh, Looper, Little Miss Sunshine, uh, 12 Years a Slave. uh, This guy works with the best filmmakers um, and continues to uh, prove himself as one of the most versatile actors of his generation and certainly one that – he's in it for the long haul and, um, he's off to a hell of a good start in this first, you know, 10, 15 years of his career. So thrilled to get to know Paul a little bit today and to talk about some of his, uh, best films, most notable films, as well as, uh, share some time. You know, I like to talk to New Yorkers. He's a New Yorker like me. So always good to welcome a New Yorker into, uh, uh, the podcast. So that's what this week's uh, show. As always, I encourage you guys to hit me up on Twitter. Ask me anything, uh, with the hashtag hashtag, uh, happy, sad, confused. Yeah. Here is one. Someone wants to know what I thought of Jurassic world. Well, that's on the other side of the equation, right? Talking about love and mercy, this tiny little movie uh, that needs your love. Jurassic World doesn't necessarily need your love, but you probably love it if you saw it. I, I really had a great time. I don't know if I would say I loved it, but I liked it a hell of a lot. I had a great time with it. I think it's um, it's a worthy part of the franchise. I think it um, it kind of remi- it was kind of like a giant homage for me to the first film. It hit all the same notes. No, it's not as well done as what Steven Spielberg is capable of. There are no set pieces that are as great. The characters maybe aren't as strong. There's no Alan Grant or Sattler or certainly no Ian Malcolm that I'm going to think of for 20 years. But, but... Chris Pratt's pretty good. And Bryce Dallas Howard's pretty good. And, um, and the action is well done and it moves and the music's great and it's fun. And certainly it's all you could ask for in a summer movie. I hope that doesn't sound like faint praise. Okay. It's a good movie. It's a solid movie. It's worth your time. I'm going to see it again. I'm going to try and see it with a crowd because that's the way to see a movie like this in a big theater. So um, those are my two cents on Jurassic World. Good summer movie. I'm happy. You should be too. Um, what else can I tell you? Speaking of Jurassic world, some really fun stuff I got to do recently with Chris Pratt, um, on MTV's YouTube page, specifically MTV news YouTube page. It's a new page that you, that, um, MTV news has launched, uh, you know, Google MTV news, YouTube, you'll find it. Some really fun interviews with Chris Pratt. If you ever wanted to hear Chris Pratt read dinosaur erotica alongside, uh, Bryce Dallas Howard, now is your chance. It's waiting for you on the internet. So So don't blow it, guys. Uh, Some really cool guests coming up. Oh, I'm looking at the wall. I'm looking at the upcoming guests. I want to read the names to you, but I'm not going to because that would jinx it. That would curse it because then they would cancel on me and then there would be no guest for you to listen to. So instead, I'm going to let you listen to my conversation with Paul Dano, which exists. It happened unless I erased it. It is about to go into your ears. Are you ready? Okay, I'm gonna take your silence as a yes. Here is my conversation with Paul Daniel. Make yourself comfortable. Um Nicole, do you wanna close the door? Yeah. Do you have Is there Wi-Fi in here or no? No sorry. You're gonna have to be entertained by us instead. <laughs> Good luck with that. <laughs> now the pressure's on Paul. Shit. We, d- we not only have to entertain the millions listening, mm. but your publicists. And with that, we're off and rolling. Do you feel it? Oh, yeah, I feel good. Yeah? Yeah. I can tell you feel good. I do. Um, I, no, I believe you is what I'm... S- yes? Should yeah. I believe you? Yeah, you should believe Okay, me. good. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to close my laptop. It's a nice rainy day here in New York. It's lovely. It's a little mm. humid, a little sticky for my taste, but you seem to be going with the flow. I'm happy because uh, our air conditioner just got fixed. That's so funny. I, I lost we lost our AC oh. for a night two nights ago and it was Ooh, hell. Sweaty, man. <laughs> sweaty. It's actually the heat it makes you feel a little crazy. Yeah. yeah. You you think you can gut it out and then oh. We're weak, we're weak yeah. humans in the 21st century. Uh, congratulations. Let's get the congratulations out of the way because I love Thanks. this movie. I love this performance, uh, Love and Mercy. Uh, you know, you you, and John and, and Brian and Bill have all been making the rounds, and rightfully so. This is a movie that deserves and needs love. I mean, it's a small Thanks. movie. yeah, um, But this has got to be a, a satisfying kind of press tour versus some that are more work, right?
1: Yeah, it feels really good, actually. I mean, first of all, sometimes finally sharing the film actually put some closure on it. Yeah. Um, and I think this was probably, um, I think it's the most fun I've ever had acting and it was like a really, uh, important and special experience for me. So it does feel good to, to, to get it out there. Uh, it's actually easy and, and fun to talk about. And I think I love Brian so much and just, uh, I don't know. I got a lot from him. I got a lot from him and his music. And so, yeah. uh, to, to sort of help to like try to pass that on or whatever he gave to me
0: makes it, uh, actually really nice. I mean, I've, I've heard you, you mentioned this in other interviews and it sounds like, I mean, the beach boys are on that level of, of cultural touchstone that you can't ignore. You can't avoid no matter what. I mean, like I, I'm a little older than you, but I remember like growing up. Like, sadly, my first touchstone was like Kokomo, and it was like, oh, oh my god, like that. There's so much more than that, and yeah. and I'm still, frankly, not. Frankly, this film helped stimulate more interest, and it's one of those movies that like <laughs> makes you want to go back and research a little bit more and sort of fill in the gaps. Yeah. Um, I mean, it, in terms of in terms of like researching a film, this has got to be a fun one just to like spend months yeah. and months just like diving in at yeah first. no it's
1: the best I mean that 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 was my job for you know six to eight months was listening to the Beach Boys was learning to play those songs was looking into 1960s Los Angeles like all these young guys and not just the Beach Boys but like the the, the wrecking crew the studio musicians he worked with sure. or Phil Spector's guy I mean there was teenagers in these beautiful studios making music it was a, a highly creative time uh and it was just so fun. It was so fun. Um, I mean, to listen also the, the the pet sound sessions and the smile sessions and you see some of the, you know, the studio scenes in the film that those, those, those two box sets are, I really think one of the great documentations of an artist at work. Right. Like when you hear the songs coming together, when you hear Brian trying to figure it out, talking to musicians, hearing stuff hearing the energy and sort of sometimes the fun they were having and then sometimes the sort of really sort of repetitive nature of it um, it its just like a beautiful thing to to throw yourself into. And
0: and that's one of the things actually that struck me in watching the movie. I think about... It's it's a tough thing to convey in a film also the artistic process whether it's like a, you know there's only so much dynamism of a guy at a typewriter writing uh, or 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 coming up with it or being inspired um but you guys really conveyed it in a in a really unique and 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 special way that I can't think of another film that's cool. been able to do that. good. Thank um, you. Yeah. How long so were you were you attached to this for a while or was did this all happen relatively quickly?
1: Um I think I think I got involved with it around uh, January of, I guess it was 2013. And I think we filmed July and August. Okay. So I had like a nice six months to sort of, I mean, it, it was amazing because uh, it's just one of those things. Like the first time I, when I read the script, I think I started preparing for the part like immediately, even though I didn't have it yet. You right. know, like I got a biography right away. I got the music read the script again, listening to the music and like you're, you're lit up so quickly by the music. You know, I felt like I was already working on a part that I didn't have. Right. Um, how often does that happen? Not often. No, no, really. (laughs) I mean, it was like very, you know, uh, you know, as an actor, you want to think you can play every part you want, you know, right. You want to get parts like this and that, but, but this, this, uh, this was different for me. It was a different feeling. Um, and, uh, and so I had a lot of time to get ready for it. I think I was the first actor maybe involved. Um, I don't think John uh, Cusack or Elizabeth Banks or Paul Giamatti were involved yet. Um, and uh, yeah, the thing, I mean, playing somebody who's uh, well-known and who's alive, the, the amount of resources I had was like, it was so fun. I mean, yeah. just just reading like every magazine article I could get my hands on from the 60s about the Beach Boys so fun, though. I mean, it's so dorky, but it's like <laughs> just the photographs. I mean, you, you know, staring at photos for hours, right. you, you know, and just see, like, because when you see a good photo, you you see something in the person, you know, right. whether it's in their eyes or their body or, you know, uh, and uh, so, yeah, I just, I got to spend a long time just surrounding myself with it.
0: I, I'd, re- I'd read somewhere that there, there was a, there was a point in a much different kind of a a musical project that you were attached or you were talking of Jersey Boys at one point. Mm -hmm. Was that something that got that like that that fueled into this, like okay, I I I am in getting in the musical mindset. I'm ready to sing on screen in a big way, and that's going to help me when that when that one fell apart and this one came around. That kind of helped in any way. Or
1: that's funny.
0: Um, I mean,
1: it's funny because the uh, right the Four Seasons, you know, similar time and and you know the sort of the early sound of the Beach Boys. I think you could compare a little bit to to some of that. Um, No, I don't. I don't think it that that had anything to do with it. I mean, you know, maybe if I wanted to be, um, like, really in touch with the universe about it, it was like somehow time to sing, you know, (laughs) on camera or something. Or and you know, music has been a a big part of my life, and you you know, I, I play a little bit, but I think I also. You know, probably the first acting experiences I had were musicals. You know, it came from like singing in school, led sure. to doing plays in school and musicals. So, um, you, you know, I think it is it is part of the reason that that I'm an actor. Um, and I think, you know, for me that the, the having that music stuff actually did bring something new to to, to acting for me. And I'm, I'm not sure if I even know what, but there was like a new spirit to. Um, the project, I, I literally think just because the music. I mean, I think even for the crew, like the feeling, like when we had those live musicians in the studio every yeah. day, like it feels so good to hear that music. <laughs> sure. Like it felt so good, like for everybody. Um, and uh, and I think that we were able to get some of that spirit of the music in the film.
0: One, one of the, there are, there are a lot of scenes that, that I could point to as, as my, among my favorites in this one, but one of my favorites is when we hear your, your character, when Brian's singing God only knows mm. and it turns, it, it's a, it's, it's a beautiful rendition of it. And then it turns into this really tragic scene that really mm. encapsulates the relationship between him and his dad. Yeah. Um, is that for both sides of it, both the, the singing of such an iconic song, a song that Paul McCartney calls like the greatest song. Yeah. Literally ever done. Um, and then also that kind of dramatic back and forth. Is that a day that circled <laughs> in the calendar as like, this is going to be an important one. Right.
1: Yeah. Um, I think so, but I, you know, I mean, I think I feel that way usually about every scene, yeah. y- y- you know, and, and I really love the details. Um, you know, of what we get to do. So, uh, but yeah, that was certainly actually the first big circle was uh, playing and singing. God only knows was, was, was scary because, um, it's a song. A lot of people love, you know, like, like Paul McCartney, but I think it was our, our, it wasn't even our principle of photography yet. It was like a pre-shoot day during our pre-production. I had to play and sing surfs up. Right. And that's a really hard song. And I hadn't yet done it for anybody you know just on my own you know I worked with somebody in Brian's band I worked sure. with a voice teacher here in New York and and I think our director had heard me sing but nobody else now we have a big crew around and you know I'm about I'm playing Brian Wilson now and I have to one of the first things I have to do is play and sing surfs up and I was terrified you know I mean I really was you know you're shaking and you know it's really because you know I had to learn to play the piano and you know, we're shooting on film and God, you know, you want to be able to really like sink into it and enjoy. And, you know, and
0: you're like, why can't we shoot on digital this one day? So yeah. I can just do it 12 times without bothering anybody.
1: Yeah. <laughs> but then, you know, we were, we were in the studio that Brian recorded, actually recorded in, in the sixties. And, you know, I sat down for about three hours at the piano and played and sang "Surf's Up" for like three hours. They moved the camera a few times and it was like you could feel the, like, you know, you could kind of feel the character coming, you know, uh, coming into shape. And it was, that was really special.
0: Um, since we have some time, I do want to talk about sort of like background and, and, and the filmography, which is like, you know, it's always, it's always a pleasure to kind of dive deep and and look at someone's work that I admire and and realize that you're what you're about 30 or give or take. And, um, like, uh, it's, it's a hell of an accomplishment to look at, at your career because I, I would count myself, like, there are eight or ten movies on that IMDb right now that I would call truly great, great, great films. Yeah. And that's that's hard, yeah. <laughs> as yeah. you well know. Yeah, 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 and yeah. sometimes it's a crap shoot and it's out of your control and you can only control so much. Yeah. Do you take a certain degree of pride in, in the in the kind of varied films that you've been in and, the, and how many times they've hit the mark or you've hit the mark? Or are you um, a little...
1: Yeah. I mean, I think I take pride in like the people I've been able to like collaborate with, you, you know, so I think I, I think I really get off on that. Um, it's really fun to work with people you admire or can learn from and it makes you better. Yeah. And because I, you know, I've been working for a little bit, but it was in my twenties, you, you know, I, I, really felt like, um, All I have is to learn. Like that's like actually the most important thing. Even though I'm, yes, maybe beginning to be an adult or beginning a career or this or that. Like that felt like the most important thing to me. Right. And I think that, uh, yeah, I get a lot of pleasure out of um, being like in the
0: in the thick of it with with some people that I care about. You you grew up, you were born and grew up in, in the city in New York, yes, and then moved to Connecticut yeah, to in the sequence, correct. right? Yeah. So um, <laughs> uh, I always like to welcome New Yorkers here because I grew up uh, in nice. New York, haven't yeah. left, still don't have a driver's license. You're probably really? going to be there. I got a license. Yeah, so you're a real adult. I'm not. Yeah. congratulations. <laughs> have you ever lived in L.A.? I mean, beyond just for a couple months for a job or something? Well, no, I have
1: never lived there. I've worked there. You know, I love yeah. I love it when I work there, and when I'm not working, I
0: like to be here at yep. home. So, <laughs> so, um, so what? What were the ages that you were here versus Connecticut?
1: Um, I was here through like a, through third grade. So, so you know, young. We moved out of here. We were in a one bedroom apartment, and you know, there was four of us: me and my sister, my mom, and dad. And we just had to do this, the suburb thing, um, which was good. You know, I definitely like, I'm glad I got both. And I do sort of, I really do value my, um, my suburban years as well. Like being bored with your friends in like the woods, um, or, you know, (laughs) driving around in a car bored, uh, is actually like a super important, a super important uh, experience for me.
0: And when did you come back to the (laughs) city?
1: I came back. Well, I started acting while I was in Connecticut. So I did start doing some plays here in New York. Sure. So I started in the theater. And so I would, you know, take, take the train in or get a ride in from one of my parents. Um, and, uh, and then I moved back straight out of high school, um, sure. to here.
0: Yeah. So you mentioned starting to do plays. I mean, one of them, one of the formative ones sounds like were some some, some powerhouse talents talking about like being associated with great people, but to work with someone like George C. Scott, right? Yeah. Who, notorious, I mean, obviously is an amazing actor, but also like an actor who, from what I re- remember reading, like didn't necessarily suffer fools and was pretty
1: yeah. tough with to some
0: people. How was he with a kid? Like, you, you know, <laughs> I, I think he
1: was cool. I mean, it, it almost feels like somebody else's life. And, yeah. you know, like, I, I think I was like, I think I was like 12. You know, I mean, that's young. Uh, and, I actually think it started by... I was doing community theater in Connecticut, and so somebody asked me to do a regional play um, in Connecticut. And then from that, somebody asked me to audition for something in New York. And um, and then suddenly, yeah, I was in, in a Broadway play with George C. Scott. Um, I wish... I wish that I knew what I'd had then. Do you yeah, know what I mean? I think at 12, then, my yeah. priorities
0: yeah. were... Um, you weren't you know, watching Patton when you were eleven, you I, weren't. I,
1: I wasn't. I actually do think I remember watching Patton because <laughs> my parents were like, you know, George C. Scott's a pretty big deal. Sure. Like, you know, here's who he was. But uh no, I just mean like your friends and like basketball and yeah, like all yeah. the other stuff is just as important at that age. Yeah. I do wish now I had like a great George C. Scott like <laughs> story where I was like, I could have picked his brain or right. heard stories or um, you can make one up now no one is going to uh, quarrel there's no one around to fact check this I, I you know <laughs> I, I wish I mean I remember his physicality like yeah. I mean well first of all I was small you know but I was uh, I played somebody who was on the witness stand in a trial and right. I remember him standing over me and he's a, you know he felt like a big man his voice was also very gravelly at that point sure. you know a lot of character <laughs> in his voice yeah. and he had a big presence. I mean he's a he's an amazing actor, so I um yeah, I wish I could like pop back there and have a and have more of a window into it now.
0: This episode of Happy Second Confused is brought to you by Loot Crate. Would you classify yourself as a geek, gamer, or pop culture nerd? Well, then this is the subscription box for you. For less than $20 a month, you get six to eight items of gamer and pop culture licensed gear, apparel, collectibles, unique one-of-a-kind items, and more. Make sure to head to lootcrate.com happy and enter code happy to save $3 on any new subscription. Every month is a different theme, and all items are cur- curated around that theme. They're all inspired by a classic movie and video game releases, as well as pulling from pop culture franchises. Previous crates have included items from franchises like Star Wars, Marvel, The Walking Dead, The Legend of Zelda, and many more. This year, thus far, there have been crates featuring some exclusive items from Star Wars and Voltron, as well as some Epic geek apparel, and an awesome retro gaming-inspired mashup figure. A crate all about strategy games. A crate all about covert operations. And there is only more awesomeness to come. Basically, Loot Crate is like a friend who knows what you love and surprises you with an awesome present every month. You have until the 19th at 9 p.m. Pacific to subscribe and receive that month's crate. And when the cutoff happens, that is it, guys. It's over. So go to lootcrate.com slash happy and enter code HAPPY to save $3 on your new subscription today. I was curious, does like, like an 11-year-old who's like doing whatever, six or eight shows a week have like more or less nerves than you have? I mean, you're obviously you've been doing this a while now. You're a professional. Hopefully you wouldn't like be have sweaty palms before you go out on stage every night if you're doing a play now. But like... I don't know. Where does that come from? Where does that go away? When does that go away?
1: Um, I don't think it has. I don't think so. I don't think so. I mean, um, do you get nervous before like the first day of a shoot? Totally terrified. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think in a good way though, I think it's sort of, um, I think, you know, I've, been trying to, you know, learn how to trick myself from, from fear into healthy fear. And I've read a lot about sports psychology actually because of it, you know, now that I've ever had a problem with it, but I'm just interested in it. But, sure. um, I do think that that sometimes brings out the best in us, you know, is yeah. when, when we, you know, um, when we're scared, you know, in a good yeah. way, scared in a good way, you know, and I think that's how I like to feel in general, you know, some of the, you know, when you're talking about my work before, that's the other thing, like wait, having the patience to try and Find something that does give you that challenge, you right. know. Um, so you are a little bit scared either by the character or the people you're working with or something about that. Um, I think I'm really unhappy when I'm bored. Um, so I think you know, f- there's got to be something that makes me yeah. um, excited slash scared.
0: But when you when you look back, like at sort of the first films that you were in, do you? I mean, again, no one can chart out how their career is going to go and like consciously decide, yeah, I'm going to start here and then evolve here and move. Mm. So P.T. Anderson's going to call it. I'll do this. But in a way, do you feel lucky in that, you know, aside from something like Girl Next Door, which was its own kind of thing and like ironically wasn't a huge commercial thing but turned into this cult thing. Yeah. You were from the start working with really interesting filmmakers on really like smaller but really powerful smart films. In a way, do you think that that's, that's helped you kind of like already, you know, establish the right kind of career for yourself? I think so. I hope so. <laughs> I hope so. I'll yeah. Say yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, um, I mean, were you going up for shittier kind of bigger films back then yeah. and just not getting them? Yeah, and well, luckily well, think, getting... yeah,
1: when you start, I mean, I think you – I mean, I remember learning that you could say no to something and mm-hmm. that was like – Cute, like I was like, wait, like I don't have to, like you, you know, like sure. when you, that was a kind of an amazing thing, just because you, um, it it means you're starting to have some opportunity, you know, and some choice, which is which is very, you know, I feel very fortunate and, and very lucky. Um, uh, I don't know. I think I think actually because I did start so young, I did have an early window into. um, not just into to acting, but into the industry, and just sort of things that I, uh, things that I think I knew would make me happy, and yeah. things that I think I I knew may, may not. Well, they're different um, paths.
0: I mean, you could have yeah. easily gone out every year for pilot season and done that whole thing, maybe yeah. you did or not. I mean, but
1: no, I th- I think. I think I sort of knew, I think I knew what I was interested in and, and and just, I, first of all, I think you have to have a little luck and, you know, like there's life, there's timing, there's stuff that you, you know, but I, I, uh, I do think it was a conscious choice as well.
0: So what were the, the, the films on your wall or the filmmakers that you were obsessed with? Who were the first ones that kind of like, Oh wow, that's good. Um, let's, you know, let's, let's get I, nerdy I think, for a well, second. Well, when,
1: I wanted, when I first wanted to be an actor, I thought it meant because I grew up, you know, when I grew up here, I did go to see plays. I, it meant being on stage, right? Uh, you know, on Broadway. So, you know, um, there was something about. I remember I had a babysitter once take me with her friends to see Terminator 2. and And I shouldn't have been there. I think she was babysitting me and, like, right. you know, I was. Yeah, if that's like ninety one or something. But seeing Arnold Schwarzenegger, like, I was not Arnold Schwarzenegger. So like, <laughs> you, you know, like there was right. something in me that was like, okay, I'm, if I'm, gonna, I, I'm probably gonna, I'm gonna, go, I'm gonna go, you know, be on Broadway. Yeah. Right. Um, uh, but you could have been
0: Edward Furlong. You could have, yeah, yeah, you could have yeah, yeah, that kind true. of route. <laughs> God, he's so good in that movie. <laughs> he is too. good.
1: Um, uh, I think I don't think until high school did I really start to get into to films. And I think there was a year where. It was kind of a year where I saw movies like *Boogie Nights*, *Rushmore*, *The Thin Red Line*. This was all prior to my freshman year of high school. I want to say around like '98. Yeah, that's '98, '99. Yeah. that kind of yeah, year. yeah. So way. right around there is when I started to see stuff where I was like, that's the first time I learned what a director was. Actually, I think before right. that. You know, Raging Bull would have been a De Niro movie to me, Mm -hmm. you know, at 12, 13 or something. And then all of a sudden, you know, something about film started to to speak a lot louder and it was just exposure to, you know, to movies, whether that's through friends or or I don't know how it comes about. I remember with Boogie Nights, my dad read an article in the New York Times and said, you're not seeing this movie, right? And it's the worst thing he could have said because now the number one goal is to find that movie and go see it.
0: That's a great moment for anyone that like, that ends up like you or I that's obviously in love with this stuff where like you fall down that first rabbit hole of like a filmmaker. Like I remember for me, yeah, I have that vivid like seeing Godfather like on that double VHS tape and then like being like, Okay, this is not like everything else I've seen. I need to see everything else by this person, and then you go see the conversation, and then you totally it it all explodes. And
1: it's it's such a fun rabbit hole because once you find something you like, the same thing with like books, you know, then you look up who that was influenced Right. right, and you go. But I think I think yeah, I think Jim Carrey and Jack Nicholson were like my first two favorite actors and then you know once you start looking more into Jack Nicholson like I remember seeing five easy pieces or being like wow like you know that is a, just a beautiful yeah. you know that's a beautiful film it's
0: a beautiful performance um, and then you realize that Jack worked with every significant cool yeah. filmmaker and in you the start, 70s to, and then you get <laughs> to the last
1: detail <laughs> right. suddenly and you're like okay now you're at Hal Ashby now right. you're you, you know so it kind of yeah. it can work like that which is so fun and then once you get into Scorsese and then you know Paul Schrader and stuff then I remember reading Paul Schrader's book uh on transcendental cinema and oh. so all of a sudden now you're like oh well maybe i gotta check out this Bresson guy or this whoever you <laughs> sure. know and it you just start to and it's really fun yeah
0: so the the filmmakers have you noticed in any in, in your in your own career like the kind of filmmaker that you have the most fun with on set in terms of like the kind of environment or the kind of technique or do you mm. or have you found that you're getting off on different kind much different kind of techniques and different kind of vibes on set
1: yeah, I think different. I mean, I think, you know, hopefully the the vibe lends itself to what you're making. Sure. So I think it depends. You know, I think it depends on, um, you know, for, for, on Love and Mercy. Bill out our director, did a wonderful thing with that studio stuff, which is not only did we have real musicians playing it live, but he just had two cameras and he let me be Brian in the sense that it was. It didn't feel like Bill was directing me. It felt like I was directing the musicians. Like, mm. you know, we got to do a lot. We shot a lot. I got to yeah. try all the stuff I'd heard on the Pet Sound sessions. That So he created the right atmosphere to capture the, you know, sort of aliveness of the studio and sure. the feeling of creation. Um, and so e- each one is different. I mean, I think, you know, again, it's finding people who you feel... You, you, you know um, a kinship with and and I think you know while everybody works differently I think we're all trying to um, you know make something that we care about so usually yeah. there's there's if there's a will there's a way and even though people work differently you find the common ground.
0: and and do you find that i'm uh, most fascinating in talking to people that some people think they have a good barometer, some people most people think they have a shitty barometer because it's impossible to figure out on set if you're gonna make a good movie or not because there's so many other factors. This is true. But like, you know, for something like mm-hmm. Little Miss Sunshine, like 10% off it would have not worked. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Totally. <laughs> is it like, totally. like is that one that, for instance, that, that's probably one of the ones that audiences first saw you in in a significant way did that catch you off guard in terms of what the was it Sundance where it's yeah. yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, it was, uh, you know, an independent film. Yeah. Um, and Steve hadn't had, done anything like that before. Steve had just, well, we we were filming. It. I actually remember seeing, I don't know if it was in his trailer or a hotel room. He got a, an advanced copy of 40 year old Virgin before it had come out oh, in God. theaters. So <laughs> I remember watching it. I think like me and Tony Collette and a couple of, Steve was like, I have this movie that we just finished. Like, you know, I want to show it to you guys. It was like, great. And, so he hadn't even, you, you know, um, yeah. become Steve Carell as we as sure. we know him now. Um, that is a good example. of That movie was really fun to make, and we did have a really good feeling. Like we, you know, were stuck in that van together, and I think we felt uh, like we sort of. <laughs> you know, went through what that family did in a good way. You know, I think we loved each other. I think we got like really hot and cranky in there sometimes. I think we had all the, you know, um, and, uh, and we, we had wonderful directors. um, And uh, so I was really happy when the film turned out because it, you, you actually don't, I've found that you don't know. I mean, you know, I've had experiences where I, this was amazing and it, you know, it, it turns guys. out okay or <laughs> something where I was like, that wasn't, you know, yeah. and then it turns out great. And you know, it's so, um, no, I had no clue. Miss Sunshine would uh, get seen like that or, or that people would just, I mean, I think a lot of people saw themselves in it. And right. It was really kind of, that was kind of exciting. There was something for everybody.
0: Um, I have to ask you about there will be blood because it's, yeah, it's a perfect movie. <laughs> <laughs> Come kind of, in. So you can't escape this office without talking about it. Um, there's there's a lot there there are a lot of things I could ask about it, but i mean what I mean for anybody that knows about the production of that film you were not the first actor cast mm-hmm. uh, in mm-hmm. in those roles, and that's that's always an uncomfortable situation mm-hmm. so when you how much time did you have between getting the call from Paul and when you were Acting opposite Daniel Day Lewis.
1: Um, Yeah. So originally, I was just going to play the first brother who who sells the land, or sort of gives the hint, you know, the tip for for some money of where where there's some land with some oil. Um, And then uh, I ended up going down there, and uh, I think it was like a Thursday. And uh, uh, Paul then said, "You know, I think I want you to play this other part and." Um, and I said, okay, great. You know, I was pretty excited. And I I mean, said, you know what
0: kind of part that was. Said, That's when, exciting. <laughs> when do
1: I start? And they said Monday, you know, and, um, yeah, I only had, I was only supposed to be there for a day or two. So I think I had a backpack with me with like a change of underwear, you know, and, and all of a sudden I was in Texas and, um, I mean, that was, uh, yeah, so I think I had like three three days to get ready for it, and then we started. And I think we were doing six day weeks in the desert. I think it was July and August in Texas. It was, I mean, I it was like a fever dream. Uh, it was uh, it was beautiful, but it was uh, it was very intense, very hot. Um, and and I wonder, you know, that there are times where, of course, that material is so uh, beautiful, and and the words that Paul writes and the world that he creates that having even more time to have spent in it would have been amazing. But also, yeah. you know, I think I was, maybe I was 22, but something about just having to throw yourself in and, and actually literally not having time to think. yeah, You know, so, I, you know, a lot of the scenes I did, I had to learn the lines the night before and then just, you, you know, try and um, throw myself at it as hard as I could right. because also there was this, felt like... um there was something so um, mythic in the film or Greek or, you, you know, I mean, they're, they, Paul and Daniel are such ballsy artists, yeah. you, you know, they're just, and they're perfect for each other. I, um, you, 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 know, uh, so I got really lucky to, 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 to be there. Um, and, uh, yeah, I wish I could watch it. I'm in it. So I really can't like watch it, but really? what those, you know, I mean, I
0: really, uh, yeah, he's um, he's an amazing filmmaker, and he's a great guy. Is um, are you as fascinated and understand the the, <clears throat> or rather understand the fascination with Daniel's technique as, as other people are? I mean, is it as mystical and odd as it's made out to be, or does it feel like when you're in the moment, you're like, I get what he's doing, I get why he's doing it the way he.
1: I think it is that. I think yeah. it's funny because I think yeah, the impression that that one gets just from hearing about it is that maybe it's quite out there, or right. you you know. And I think when you're there, especially look, I mean, we're, we're what we were—the early nineteen turn of the century. We're on a 40,000-acre ranch. There's nothing else around except the little town they have built and the houses. And when you show up and you're talking to Daniel Plainview, it's uh, right. it it makes a lot of sense. And I and I actually think that, um, it, well, I'll just it makes it <laughs> definitely makes sense. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, but it's also like uh, part of acting is you know, to me, or one of the phases that I have to go through is just losing self consciousness sure. about, you know, and forgetting and to watch, I'm acting i trying to doing, delude like, okay. myself. Yeah. And, um, so the, sometimes the closer, uh, um, you know, you can be with the character for, for some, you know, I think that's makes it easier sometimes. I'm not saying for him, for yeah, me. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, do you find that like, we were talking about like early films and obsessions, like, so that, the, you know, we're, as we're talking today, like, Jurassic world has made a gajillion dollars over the weekend and it's a fun movie. I liked it, but like, you know, judging from the kind of movies that, that you generally take, your taste doesn't necessarily, or you correct me if I'm wrong, does it yeah. job with what is dominating the multiplex now? Do you feel you're out of step with the time in a weird way or do you enjoy what 99% of America is watching every weekend?
1: No, I mean, I'm definitely, I've got to go see Jurassic world. <laughs> I am excited. I mean, dinosaurs. I remember Jurassic park, I actually think because we thought the lines were going to be so long, I think my mom took us out of school early, me and my sister, that it's good day. Priorities good priorities. Good parents. I think we went to like a 1 p.m. matinee on a Friday the day it opened. Nice. I mean, this is, you know, some time ago now. But um, yeah, I think both. I mean, I, you know, again, I think um, I, would, I would love to, like, for example, I love science fiction. I would love to, you know, I would love to do something huge and with space. And like, I think it's beautiful and I think it's a fascinating world. And, um, you got to be in looper, which well, yeah, is yeah, yeah. one of the best. Yeah. 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 Um, and, and I think I'd love to play, I'd love to play a hero and I'd love to play a villain at some point. You, you know, I, so yeah. I would, I just, I also, you know I think I want to feel like I can you know really be there for the character and that it's yeah. that it's mine and I think I also I still I really love um, you know the director is like my number one collaborator right. so you know um, that's super important to me and uh, so hopefully I'll get to try my hand at, at, at everything at some point
0: so, so having said that and wanting a chance to kind of do those kind of bigger and, and integral parts that you've gotten a chance to do, but maybe not in the big, big mm-hmm. films. How much does your heart sink when someone like me says, and they Google your name and, and one of the first things that comes up is a montage on, uh, on YouTube of you getting hit and beaten. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, is it sad in you? Do you want it removed forever from YouTube? Um, you know, I haven't seen it yet.
1: <laughs> um, no I don't think so I think at first I was like oh shit have I really been you know like to be fair it's only a few films
0: that has a lot
1: yeah 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 Yeah, it's not Um, but no I sort of go through the uh, no I mean I wouldn't (laughs) You know, I certainly wouldn't take back any of that work. So, yeah. you know, um, no, I don't think so. But yeah, it certainly does make me think. Okay, well, I have to go kick some ass. You know, right. uh, so, uh, sometime soon.
0: <laughs> <laughs> there was there was a mention among other films. There was a Warcraft. There was there was talk of the Born movie. Did you ever meet with Tony Gilroy about that one? Uh, I don't know. I okay. don't. You know, you don't want to get into that kind of thing. That's fine. No worries. <laughs> but well tell me. Like, is it weird to, when you have to like do? I was like, you know. Because from my perspective, it's fun to talk about for an actor, maybe not, but auditions, mm, yeah, yeah, um, yeah, fascinating, yeah, sure. another rabbit hole to go down. Yeah, When you have to pretend to be the cool guy in an audition and all you've got is like a hairbrush as a gun, yeah. is, it, is it one of the most saddest parts of your life or can you just accept it as part of the game?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think uh, if if, it, if it's one of the saddest parts of your life, uh, you're, you're, you're not it's getting okay. the part. No, you're, <laughs> oh, you're, you're okay, not getting the it. job. So, you know, yeah, you, that's another... You're you living know, for you, that hairbrush as a gun, You have to yeah. delude yourself, you know. Um, but I do think, uh, yeah, that's hard, man. I mean, auditioning. I mean, I remember like when most of my friends like got out of college and they go for their job interviews, you know, and that's like a really sure. scary time in their life. And then hopefully they, you're right. You get a job, and hopefully you have that job for a while. I mean, being a, technically, I'm a freelance, you know, right. worker like <laughs> three times a year. Job, you have to go back. <laughs> job interviews, like all the, t- you know, especially when you're starting out, the amount of auditions, the amount of rejection, it's crazy. Actually, I mean, you know, I feel very lucky. Again, you know, uh, but even
0: the best ones get rejected. Oh, totally. Yeah. I
1: mean, it is, it's insane, and and auditioning can be, you know, especially again when you're starting out, like the. material depending if you do have to, you know, you're probably going to audition for any audition you can get, yeah. you know? And yeah, there's probably some, some, some things that aren't going to make you feel good leaving there.
0: Um, was there, was there one at the time that, that you th- felt close on that was like, this is going to change my career. I'm going to get this and it's all it's mm. I've done it.
1: Not to make uh, you relive a, <laughs> no, I'm trying to think, um, I think there's been a couple, you know, I think my answer, I mean, I'm not going to say what, you know, I do think there's a couple things, but they wouldn't have been, you know, it wasn't Jurassic World. There was, you know, every now and then there's something that you really love and you're like, this would, you know, and it doesn't always go your way, you know, and that can, if it's something that really, you know, inspires you, it's, it's a bummer, you know, it really is.
0: Um, How do you recover? Is it just, because I mean, that. you can't go out and, and act the next day. You need someone no. to pay you. That's Yeah, the- <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's the hardest part about it. You, you know,
1: you, somebody else's words and then somebody else cuts it. Somebody else markets it. Every, you know, so yeah. you really, you really, I think that's, again, you know, why it, it matters to me, like what I do, because I literally have to give myself over to this thing. There's a lot of trust involved, Absolutely. I guess,
0: in that way. So. You're working with uh, Steve McQueen again, yes? Yeah. Have you shot that already, the ATV no. project? No. Okay. So it, I think we are. You Hopefully, are. Okay. Okay. Fair <laughs> enough. Um, talk about another genius, like yeah. artist, like Steve McQueen. Um, what? And, and talking about sort of the environments on a set versus what mm-hmm. you're making, and sometimes they overlap, and sometimes they don't. I mean, I yeah. remember talking to to Fassbender about this at the time, and Chiwetel, and, and it was sort of like. <laughs> you have to turn it off at the end of a, of a, yeah. of a take like that, or else you'd yeah. be living in hell for six months.
1: Yeah. I mean, there's a huge different, like, you know, so again, like Brian Wilson, like when I'm riding the subway, yeah. you know, to whatever, you know, thing I have to do that day, like such a fun thing to daydream about sure. or to listen to on the headphones, right. Or to, you, you know, bring a article with from right. 1960s Rolling Stone to read on the yeah. subway, something like that yeah. is it's, you know, it's, it is a different way of working in some ways because you know right it's not the thing you you lay in bed dreaming about playing somebody really hateful or some right you know sure, so sure. but you know for for me when i get those opportunities i then it's about the story and the film and the people you're working with and like okay i'm contribute you know i have to sort of bring out that character as best as I can for the sake of the story, which ultimately is hopefully a a good thing, you know, a good film or, um, yeah, I think, boy, that was another, oh man, that was the the summer in Louisiana period clothes. And I remember we were in a, we were in a small town at one point we had, we had a few rough days of shooting. And I remember, I think we had to go to like, there was not much around. So I think we had to go like the Chili's. And got these huge margaritas, you know, that right. they had. And just, I mean, we needed that, right. you know, I mean, like, <laughs> is there was, a larger
0: size available? It please? Was, um,
1: you know, and that again is a set that, and that's a great feeling when you walk onto set and the crew is in sync with what's ha- like, you know, there's yeah. like a tangible atmosphere, partially because of Steve and the other actors and the story that everybody knows that you're telling that is really exciting. I think it really does bring out the best in people, you know, yeah. not just my site. I mean, I love that. And that, that is, uh,
0: um, that is really cool. yeah I would think I would think that, that must happen on a, on a set for a filmmaker that' we're legitimately whether the crew has worked with them five times before or they just all revere them it's yeah. like this is this is what it's probably happens on a Scorsese set and Spielberg et etc It's just like this is it let's make the most of it
1: yeah and that's a really I mean it's a great feeling because also you know the crew they're there there's you know probably longer hours than we yeah. are even. I mean, they're working their tails off, and it is really fun when everybody's in it together. Even if we're not all talking about it, you know. Sometimes I show up to work and yeah. have my headphones in and my whatever, and I go and do my job. Or, but you can still feel, you know, sometimes a certain connection with with the piece that everybody's, you know, sort of contributing towards, and that's great. And Steve's an amazing guy to work with and for. Yeah, um, he's really. Uh, I mean, uh, you know, he 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 can know what he wants and he's you know uh he's an incredible filmmaker but he's also like really exciting like he's really um he can be like a schoolboy on set Mm -hmm. you know when something happens that's really you know so he's got a beautiful energy that i do think you know goes goes towards all of us on set
0: what's the what's the last film you saw that you fell in love with recently
1: uh, the last film I saw, well, dude, I just saw, so I saw Mad Max the other night. Oh I've God. been away, so i got back and I heard everybody was saying that it was really good. I, how old is George Miller? 70? 70. Dude, that movie, I mean, it's, that movie is an acid trip. The opening sequence with the flashes, and I mean, I could not believe a 7 year old man made this movie. <laughs> I've seen um, it five times. It's totally bananas. It. it is so <laughs> bananas. And also, I mean, I was really curious about it just be, like, how much of it you know, was in his head before and storyboarded or how much of that is discovered in the edit room because the pace and the intensity, it's crazy. Uh, you, you know, it's um, so I, th- I think I loved it. <laughs> do, do you know, I was just sort of amazed <laughs> yeah, by it. It's, I was like, I can't believe somebody made that, that it exists. And well, you know, know, I might have to see it again too. Well,
0: and you know, he, uh, yeah, the, the story behind it is that it was all storyboarded. It, there was no, there was no script. It was 3,500 storyboards. Yeah. I mean, it's <laughs> totally bananas, though. Um, I think that was the most
1: recent thing I saw in The Thieves. Because you've been, you've been away
0: for a bit on uh, on set, right? Yeah, I have. Yeah, I've, I've been you know, away for a while. You've been war and piecing. Yeah, yeah, I've been in Can Lithuania, you make Lava, that into a verb?
1: Russia for yeah. five months. Wow. So, welcome um, home. Yeah, so I've been on a steady diet of British and Russian cinema <laughs> for the past five months. Uh,
0: um, so you need to catch up on Oh my
1: god, you know what we watched? Yeah. Actually we watched E.T. on Blu-ray the other night. And I hadn't seen that since I was a kid. Um
0: Shut a tear or there was a tear? Cold amazing cold hearts stuff in it. And there's like
1: it. not a whole lot of dialogue even. It's like yeah. really like I was really uh yeah, I was really moved by it. I mean it's as much Beautiful. yeah,
0: that John Williams score is like the Yeah, that's yeah. I mean to that sequence where film, E.T. Yeah.
1: gets drunk at home and Elliot's at school. <laughs> right. It's it's amazing. Yeah. It's so good. Beautiful. Have you?
0: Uh, yeah, you need to get into a Spielberg film, man. Yeah. Let's yeah, get no, you into one would of those. Be, yeah, that be okay. That, yeah, that you'd be cool be with that. Yeah, okay. I'm excited for the new one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Bridge of Spies, right? Yeah, 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 Um, so what's coming up next? Do you have some downtime now that you're um, back home?
1: Yeah, I'm gonna have a little bit of time. Um, you know, so I've got Love and Mercy out, which I'll do a little hustling for, and then I'm actually I think in December, early December, this film called Youth. This guy Paolo yeah. Sorrentino. weren't Cam directed, for that one, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So. Um, so uh, yeah, i I think I'll do some more acting this year, but, uh, right now I'm going to try and get, yeah, get recover from war and peace. Yeah. So,
0: <laughs> <laughs> how many people can say that? Uh, 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 yeah. So day to day when you're on the subway, you're walking around New York because you, you're at that, that interesting level of fame where I'm sure you get a, a lot of double takes and a lot of like, I know you from, yeah. is that frustrating that you have to like, what's your default response when, Hey, I know you. Because oh. that must be the worst thing to go down where, like, you yeah. don't want to start listening to your credits, and it's just...
1: I think I've got, you know, I think, like, when Little Miss Sunshine came out, that was the first time that, like, really started to, like, right. happen, like, on a regular, you know, and that, it really freaked me out at first. And now I think, uh, well, first of all, New York is actually the easiest city to be in. Yeah. I think people are pretty cool. They play it cool. You know, yeah. yeah, or they just don't give a shit, you know, <laughs> like, it's, so it's, like, it, that's... Uh, that's nice. I, you know, it's uh, sometimes it can actually be like really nice. Like some, you well, know, every now and then yeah. you, you actually feel like, and not not that it was me, but like the film might have actually like meant something to that person. You are like, well, okay, that's nice. Thanks. You know, like actually, that was really nice of you to say that. Um, and then sometimes I do. You definitely get a lot of. It's happening. It feels like. Uh, more clear now, you know, just maybe with a film coming out more like by name, but yeah, yeah, it used to definitely be like a lot of like, yeah, did, did you go to uh, college in Ohio or like, you know, like where, like what high school did you, you know, and I was like, ah, yeah. <laughs> um, that was always funny and drunk Pete. Yeah. Sometimes, you know,
0: it can, it can be interesting at a bar. What happens at a bar? What can you? Uh, what's, what's the typical or what's the worst bar, uh, acknowledgement you've gotten?
1: Well, no, some you know, if every now and then you get like the really loud like and you know, it's just like, okay. Like, you, know.
0: um, uh, yeah, um, yeah. you don't want to be the center of attention in your in your quiet drinking moments. Yeah, that's right.
1: <laughs> Let yeah. him have
0: his quiet yeah. little bourbon. Um but yeah, no, most, mostly it's all good. Yeah, I mean, a little, yeah, little affirmation, no, a little acknowledgement is nice yeah, 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 from no, time to time. Uh, and you're getting a lot for this one, and it's, and it's well deserved. Honestly, it's 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 a great performance, and and John as well, and Elizabeth, yeah. and, and Paul. It's it's there's a ton of great acting in this one, and and piece of work from Bill behind the camera too. Yeah. Um, and hopefully, we'll be talking about this one for months to come. Nice. See. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you. Uh, thanks for stopping by, man. Yeah. Appreciate thanks. It. All right. Again, we'd like to thank our sponsor, Loot Crate, the subscription box for the geek, gamer, and or nerd in all of us. For less than $20 a month, you guys can get six to eight items of gamer and pop culture licensed gear, apparel, collectibles, unique one-of-a-kind items, and more. So make sure to head to lootcrate.com happy and enter the code happy to save $3 on any new subscription. Remember, you have only eight till the 19th at 9 p.m. to subscribe and receive that month's crate and when the cutoff happens that's it it's over so go to lootcrate.com happy and enter the code happy to save three dollars on your new subscription today
1: pop 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 pop,
0: pop, 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 pop.
1: Wolf Pop is part of Midroll Media, executive produced by Adam Sachs, Matt Gorley, and Paul Scheer.